Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Are you looking to wager on all the big games in sports? Well, I have great news for you. Bet online, they remain the number one source for all your sports betting this season. From UFC to pro and college basketball, NHL, and much more, you'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, it truly is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. All you have to do is head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code. That's believe B L E A V B L E A V to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. What's going on, everybody? Paul Bissonette here from the Spit and Chicklets podcast and now the TNT broadcast. I just want to give everybody a shout out and make sure you tune in to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter back with you all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, rate, and review. We are brought to you by Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company, Camillus Golf Club, Liverpool Physical Therapy, and our great friends over at the Al and Angus Pub, home of the best darn Angus burger in town. If you're in and around Central New York, uh, you're visiting uh, you know, family and friends back in the area, you have got to stop by and grab the best darn Angus burger in town. They also have some other specialty uh, entrees. They roll out that French onion soup. Sometimes they have some other, you know, soups that they uh, roll out uh, during the, the winter time here with like the uh, the clam chowder and, and others. So make sure you go there to the Allen Angus Pub. You can pick up some swag where you, while you're there, some gear. And uh, of course, gift cards are available for every occasion. The Allen Angus Pub, the official pub of the ML Sports Platter. Such a thrill to bring on to the program our next guest. He is the play-by-play voice of the Buffalo Sabres. I love his work. Can't get enough of listening and watching. It is Dan Dunleavy. Dan, thank you so much, man. It's really an honor to have you. Hey, I uh, appreciate you taking the time to reach out and make a call. Yeah, I watch and listen to every game. I've been a diehard Sabre fan for uh, well over 30 years, five years, I guess, at this point. Um, Let's start right with this question because the Sabres have kind of arrived early here, as you know. They're knocking on the playoff door. They haven't made it since 2011. Will the Buffalo Sabres make the playoffs? That is the $100,000 question. Um, I mean, obviously the answer for me is I hope they do. Um, Do I think they can? Yes. Do I guarantee they will? Absolutely not. That's not in my DNA to make those kind of predictions, so I don't want to let you down that way, but. There is no doubt in my mind that they have the ability to make the playoffs based on what we've seen if they stay healthy. Um, I said that before, uh, you know, Tage had to step away from his last game um, with Marty on the show uh, that we have here in Buffalo on his Sabres Live um, daily show with Brian Duff. I was asked the same thing. The Sabres will make the playoffs if, and I said, stay healthy. So if they can keep their group healthy, um, if Tage is okay to fire off the same kind of, you know, last half or portion rather of the season that he did in the first portion of the season, then I think there's every bit of chance for them to make the playoffs as there is for the Penguins, the Capitals, uh, the Islanders, or the Florida Panthers. So that's about as far as I can go for you on predicting whether they make it or not. When you watch Tage Thompson play hockey, what do you what do you see? The word unicorn gets thrown out there, and it's funny. Um, I keep trying to catch up with the times as far as what word describes, uh, you know, any individual. 
And I just think he's so uniquely himself um, that he's Tage. I, you know, that's Tage. And we've waited to see what this um, athlete could come up with once he was healthy. Obviously, always a, a big guy. And he had uh, certainly a reach that was beyond many within the game, certainly at his position, uh, playing on the wing in particular, right now moving to center. Um, and you just needed him to be healthy. And I very clearly remember, and if you're any kind of a follower, um, I did, you know, even before last season, I remember putting out a tweet or just at the beginning of last season when you could see something was starting to come here for this guy as far as him figuring out what he could do in this league. And I just had a sense. I thought, I, and I, I think the tweet was something, I think we're seeing the start of something. And this was beyond or before – I'd have to look at the exact date, but I'm pretty sure it was be you know before he even put up 20 goals. There was just there were moments in his game where I thought, and at that time it was it was primarily the shot, the release, and where he could get it away from. From and I'm talking about in tight from his skates to you know from his his long reach and at the the full extent of that. I just saw moments in his game. I thought, holy cow! I mean, this guy hasn't even started yet because he's been injured, because he's been trying to find his way in the game, he's now just turned into a centerman, and something's clicking here, and you couldn't really put your finger on it. Um, and he's... Listen, I used to watch him run up and down the stairs at Key Bank Center when he was injured, and not in games, and he'd be running the stairways at the 100 level, working out hard, uh, and those are moments that nobody talked about at the time, really, because for an athlete, that's a private moment. They're just doing the work that you have to do to be great, in order to, you know, kind of be in that upper echelon of NHL players where he finds himself being discussed as one of those guys now. But I'd watch him putting the work in, and I just thought, something about this guy is just waiting to prove everybody wrong. Now, at the time, I had no idea if he could because he hadn't stepped on the ice yet, really, for any significant amount of time. But now that he has, and you ask the question to describe him, that's Tage. Um, without coming up with a funky word for him, even the TNT call was uh, almost accidentally off of his initials, Tage Nathaniel Thompson, who could just blow up the puck with that <laughs> shot of his. Um, you know, I've told the story many times. I don't know if you've heard it, but I just came up with TNT because of the T, first T in his name, you know, TNT, so Tage and Thompson. And the fact that he, in my opinion, he had a bomb of a shot. So this guy's like a keg of TNT just blowing up here. And my wife said to me one night, she says, you realize his middle name is Nathaniel? I, honest to goodness, I had no idea. I'd never looked it up, never gave it a second thought. And his initials are actually TNT, so it just kind of fit that way. So, um, you know, that's the only moniker I've kind of put on him so far. And it's it's kind of hung on because those are actually his initials. So I'm just kind of calling him by name. Um, but to describe him as a hockey player, he is uniquely Tage Thompson. Uh, and when he's going, he's just wonderful to watch. So it's funny you brought up the word unicorn because over on the football field in Buffalo, people have said that Josh Allen is a unicorn. Um, you know, and, and, and they remind, you know, one reminds fans of the other to a degree because just of the, the, the size, right, and the power of the arm for Allen and the size and the reach and the skill set that Tage has with the unicorn thing. Another guy who, I don't know if he's fitting into the unicorn situation, the description, whatever the case may be, 
But Rasmus Dahlin is has just taken leaps and bounds under Don Granado. This year uh, is one of the best defensemen in the NHL. He should be a finalist if he keeps it going for the Norris Trophy. Where do you think, Dan, Rasmus Dahlin has taken the greatest leap forward? I would honestly, when you break down every defenseman in the NHL today, and you when you watch individually, so pick a night, pick your top three that you think, if you want to go as far as four, Pick your top three or four guys you think should be in the Norris voting. Watch their game. Watch their defensive play. Watch their transitional play. Um, and by that, I mean how they start, you know, from danger, from whether it's a dump-in or a carry-in, how they kill a play, how they get the puck up out of their own zone to the forwards, ways in which they do it, and then their offensive contribution once they're set up in the, in the offensive zone either quarterbacking a power play, setting up shooters, or creating their own ways to take shots. And I will honestly, professionally challenge anyone to show me a defenseman that does it better than Rasmus Dahlin. For a guy that could create his own space in the offensive zone, at the blue line, and he's learned, obviously. I mean, you think back, you mentioned how long you've watched the Sabres. There were moments when Rasmus, and I'm sure it'll happen again because it's kind of a chancy play, that he'll dance a guy right on the line. I mean, the puck is on the line, and you're thinking, don't do this. And all of a sudden, he's created himself either a passing or shooting lane, and the offense is a go. Um, I don't know who else does that right now. And I'm sure people in Colorado will tell me Kale McCarr can do it. I'm sure people in Nashville will tell me Roman Yossi can do it. But to do it as consistently as he does, and he literally does it. I know you watch. Night in and night out, he's doing that when the power play sets up, when he's got the pocket five-on-five in the offensive zone. And defensively, he's double-teamed constantly. Every time the puck is dumped in, double-teamed. The thought early in his career, hit this guy. And it's old-school hockey, right? Uh, Borea Salming went through it. Oh, he's a young Swedish player. Go in and hit him. Make him make him disinterested in handling the puck. All that did was awake a bear inside this young man. And I saw some of the comments uh, coming out of the All-Star, uh, lead up to the All-Star game down in Florida. And, oh, it's escaping me right now. We just played them. But a, a, a fellow NHLer just said that he's got a mean, a mean streak to him that you wouldn't expect or you're not ready for. And I think for all Sabres fans, and I know for those of us calling the games, we've seen it. Doesn't mean he's dirty, but he's got a mean streak. I mean, he's blowing up guys in open ice. Players are running into him, and they're falling down, and he is the one still standing. Um, He's not out looking for hits, but he'll accept that kind of play. But his genius is avoiding it. Watch the next time the puck is dumped into his corner. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you two are coming. Just watch what he does. And 98.9% of the time, that puck is on Samuelson's stick in the far corner so quickly that that double team now is a two-on-one on the wrong side of the ice, and the Sabres can, you know, hopefully transition up the ice. It's not always a success through the neutral zone, but it all starts with the way Rasmus handles that pressure. So I think he is just an outstanding player. As far as a young man and watching him come into this organization as a teenager and now growing into becoming a young man and a leader with this group, and every time, I, I hear Rasmus Dahlin talking. Something either extremely thoughtful or funny is coming out of his mouth. 
And to me, that tells me he's comfortable with who he is. He's comfortable in his own skin. He's comfortable in the room amongst his players. And he's comfortable with the media. And I think we're seeing a little bit of that, too, already in Florida on the first day in the, talking with the media about being back at the All-Star game. I mean, he looks so laid back and so relaxed. But that's maturity. And that's from going through things. Uh, last year's All-Star experience. It's from going through ups and downs with this Buffalo team and finally seeing a pathway, thanks to management, of a light being at the end of the tunnel instead of looking for the light. I mean, they don't... Rasmus Dahlin, I'm sure, in the past was thinking, well, this has to get better, as many players who have come through the city over the last 10 years. But they really never saw the light. I mean, they thought about it. I don't know if they saw it. So for Rasmus Dahlin, I'm sure he came in here thinking about it. I'm sure he had moments where he wasn't sure if he could see that light. But now you can just see it and hear it. And the way he talks and the way he handles himself, he sees the light and he's going towards it now. And for me, that's just really cool to watch. And um, Some guys you become just really proud of and you just brought up two of them. And I don't spend any more time than at the rink with these guys when I'm there doing my job. But certainly proud of Tage Thompson as a young man and, and Rasmus Dahlin is just watching them grow up and kind of take ownership of both of their careers. Was it Josh Morrissey, by the way, of the Jets who said the mean streak? I think it was it Josh. It was, yeah. You yeah. must have read the same thing. I just read it this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was pretty cool. Um, Dan Dunleavy is our guest, a terrific play-by-play man of the Buffalo Sabres. You can get him on Twitter, at Dan underscore uh, Dunleavy. Just does an amazing job. WGR 550 and, of course, MSG Networks. So a lot of my closest pals were all diehard Buffalo Bills fans. I obviously love the Sabres as well, and it's been going on for a long time, but many of them are not Sabre fans. They just focus on the Bills, and they always come at me with, the Bills are so much bigger than the Sabres in Buffalo. It's the NFL. It's this, it's that. And I keep trying to tell them, you guys have no idea. Just because you don't like love and, 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 and breathe and sleep the sport of hockey like I do, and the Sabres I pretty much put almost equal to the Bills, I try to tell them, you have no idea what it's like when the playoffs are going on in Buffalo, man. I mean, I, I've been to Stanley Cup Finals there. I've been to so many playoff games. The The city loves the Swords, man. They love the Sabres. When you're calling a Sabre game, and you've been in this industry for a long time, you know Canadian hockey, you know the passion and the niche there, uh, and really the niche in the States, Dan. Do you feel the pulse of the town? Do you feel the passion from the fan base when the Sabres are rolling and they're playing well like they are this year, can you feel it on a nightly basis? There's an energy to it, right? Well, yeah, there certainly is. And obviously in my situation, uh, in splitting most of the games with RJ, uh, well, he ran through his career, uh, his Hall of Fame, illustrious career. Uh, you know, there were nights that I wouldn't be up in the booth. So, you know, they were kind of limited, to be honest, for me, that I felt that kind of thrust or momentum from the fans here because – it's been a frustrating number of years and um, I think a lot of us can understand and relate as to why the frustration has been there with the playoff drought and what have you. But there were nights uh, when they would come back and win games, um, you know, when Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhardt and even Evander Kane were here, there were some nights they came back in the building. It, it sounded like they're ready to rip the roof off because it's basically, you go back to TNT, it's this powder keg of energy that's just waiting to have a reason to erupt. And now this season, We've seen it. It started, of course, with RJ Knight last year uh, on the night that the fans thanked him for his 51 years of remarkable memories that they'll just, you know, have in the city forever. Um, it's gone through with other special nights that we've had in the city very recently, Ryan Miller night. Um, 
you can feel the energy is there and waiting to erupt. And I can understand people from out of town thinking, hey, it's the NFL, it's the Bills. Um, you know, that's uh, where a lot of the focus goes. Listen, before Josh Allen, there was a lot of negative focus on the Buffalo Bills because there was a lot of that just wasn't going right for that organization either. Uh, they found their coach, they found their GM, they found their quarterback. Uh, they've got players around him, and now the buzz is there for the Bills. The buzz has always been there, but now, as you know, it's over the top. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Super Bowl expectations, and that's great to have in a city. Right now, for the Buffalo Sabres, what I'm experiencing for the first time, and you bring up my background, is similar to all the World Junior Hockey Championships that I would call when we have those tournaments in Canada. Now, a number of times they were overseas in Finland, Czech Republic, Sweden, uh, and in the U.S., in uh, in Fargo, in North Dakota. But calling them, and in the latter, by the way, there were a ton of Canadians that would come down from Manitoba for that one in Fargo, North Dakota. But calling a World Junior Hockey Championships when Canada's in the final in Ottawa and in Vancouver, um, you, I mean, and Saskatoon as well, to, to describe what that feeling was like and what the building was like, um, it's kind of like Vancouver 2010. I was in the building in the play-by-play booth for that one as well with Peter Marr um, calling the final, and I had the chance to do uh, the games up until the final, and Peter's a Hall of Famer uh, that was with the Calgary Flames for a number of years. Um, so I got to work with him. Being in those buildings when Canada won those events, it was, I mean, it just sent something through you, and the building was going crazy. So now this year in Buffalo, we've had some games where the Sabres on special nights especially wearing the black and red jerseys, um, have put up, you know, I think on all but one, they put up six goals at least in the black and reds. And they went on a winning tear. And the fans, there's that powder cake. They're waiting to express their love for this hockey team. For the past number of years, they've expressed their frustrations, um, their, their wishes, their, you know, at times anger over the way things just weren't seemingly ever turning to that light that I was talking about. But, now they can also see it. They can see, even if it didn't happen this year, as frustrated as they will be, uh, whenever the season ends this year, whether it's at the end of the regular season or after a first round or after a second round, whatever happens, you still walk away from the season th- thinking, you know for a fact you've got your core. You've got your Rasmus Dolly. You've got your Tace Thompson. You've got your Alex Tuck. You've got Jeff Skinner. You've got Dylan Cousins. You've got Owen Power. Um, you know, I mean, just to name that many young players that you can already say, well, they're not going anywhere. I mean, <laughs> this is the team. And then you're going to sprinkle it, uh, as Kevin Adams uh, and his team will do, with the right pieces around them uh, to make them better, to take them to the next step, the next level. And obviously with the way Lucan is playing now, you can throw his name into that mix as well. So, uh, And Eric Comrie's waiting to prove that he can be part of this thing. So. Um, I can see why people have maybe forgotten that Buffalo is a hockey crazy town because they're not here. I understand it. Um, but yeah, when, once you're here and once you start living it, and that's one reason I moved here from Southern Ontario was, you know, I, my wife is from here, but I said, I need to move there. I mean, with, with Rick retiring and, and, and my opportunity here to do this full time and having put in the time and put in the work, I need to be around the community every day. And it just happened yesterday. I went out to lunch with Paul Hamilton and people coming up and saying hello and how much they're enjoying the season uh, at a pub I never would have ever been to before uh, if I didn't move here. So um, that also shows me, you know, how much people are 
excited again and happy again about how the Sabres are playing. A couple more quick ones for Dan Dunleavy, the play-by-play man for the Buffalo Sabres. You brought up, like, this is the team, this is the core. We kind of have an idea that the sustainability is going to be there for the likes of Darlene and Tage. Um, but if, if you could kind of, you know, take Dylan Cousins and Peyton Krebs and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Owen Power, um, you know, Jack Quinn, one player that, and we also know that the sustainability is also there with Alex Tuck, but with all, like, a group of, like, the other guys, is there yep. one guy who you think could just, who's the guy who's going to shoot above that next deck of guys in, into the category of Tage, Darlene, et cetera? Well, I think, um, well, I mean, two guys come to mind immediately in, in Dylan Cousins and Owen Power. Yeah, I think those are right, too. Um, yep. You know, Peyton Krebs is obviously yeah. listen, Peyton Krebs is playing a brand of hockey. I don't think he expected to play. Yeah. Um, and you watch the broadcast. You listen to the broadcast. Rob and I talk about it all the time. I'm pretty sure Peyton Krebs didn't think at some point he'd be playing between Zemgus Gergensons and Kyle Opozo yeah. as a fourth line, get in, retrieve pucks, play heavy down low, uh, and try to create opportunities coming off the wall. That's probably not what he was thinking of, but what he's done is he's learned that that's a way to play the game and a way to contribute. So when those fancy dancy skating and passing lanes aren't there, well, who would you rather ride along with? Uh, 21 and 28, they're going to muck it up. They're coming first. They're getting to the puck. It's going to be a 50-50 battle to win that puck. I guarantee you that every time, and you've seen it. And Peyton Krebs was drawn right into that same battle. He can't hang back with those guys and just wait for it to pop free and say, well, now I'll dish them a nice-looking pass, and we'll get a goal, and that's all great. But you guys do the work. Give me the puck, and then I'll find you going to the net. It doesn't work that way. Kyle and, and Zemgus made sure that, you know, they let him know. Look, <laughs> No, no. First thing is we retrieve the puck. Second thing is we keep possession down in this end of the ice. Third thing, if you've got to play, all right, let's work on that. And that's exactly what they've done. Owen Power, um, what he's done night in and night out, uh, and he's had learning nights, is just remarkable. Every time he gets the puck, I was talking with Colin Miller while we were in Dallas about this on the last road trip, and he said, look, the way he's playing now is the way he has always played. Colin played with him at the World Hockey Championships a couple of years ago. And he said, look, this is the way this guy plays. This, he, he gets the puck, surveys the ice, and he... He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. We're talking about a rookie defenseman here at a very young age who already is looking like, I mean, just think of him two, three years down the road, like Darlene years when he has the puck on his stick. He's now believing after the road trip he can score. Uh, He was always trying. You could see it, trying to make a a play in the offensive zone. But after that road trip where he went three straight games with a goal, fully realizing that's not going to happen every time. But, hey, you know what? I can do this in the NHL. He probably already believed it, but then you do it. You think, no, I got this. So that's where his development I see is kind of at right now, where he says, I got this. Now let's, you know, let's as a fan base and as teammates, let's see where he takes it. I think it's going to be a really good place. And Dylan Cousins, for me, he came in as a leader. Uh, He came in as a confident kid. He came in as a guy who just loves hockey, Um, like everybody on this team, by the way. It's really unique to watch. Uh, given the past number of years. Not saying guys haven't been here who loved hockey, but these guys are literally rink rats. They do not want to leave the ice, and it's really cool to see. Um, but you, you've just got a group of guys here, and, and Dylan could easily be 
a leader of them. Rasmus Dahlin could be a leader of them. There's so many. Alex Tuck. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the great thing about what you just brought up is that it's not on just one guy. If each of those guys raises the level of their game, similar to when you watch a guy transition through, uh, or even a young female hockey player going through her ranks, getting to professional hockey, going through junior hockey. So for me, it was the OHL, right? You watch a player in the rookie year. Okay, that's his rookie season. Uh, the dynamic ones will stand out. The rest of them, it's that second season and then third, where all of a sudden you'll see some guys putting in a ton of goals, putting up a ton of points. You're thinking, oh, okay, you got something here. I, I wonder where this guy ends up. Then he gets drafted. He plays his you know, third or fourth year of junior hockey, and then all of a sudden the analysis becomes a little more intense and there's more scrutiny. For me with this Sabres team, it is kind of like that junior club where you got all these guys coming in, same time, young age. Some of them haven't even played 50 games in their career. You got some veterans on the team. Now, if they all keep taking that next step together, the possibilities for this team oh. are magnificent. Doesn't guarantee anything. I'm just saying the possibilities are magnificent. So, um, in really good hands with all these names that you're bringing up. And again, I feel a lot of it is because it's not on just one guy. Yeah, and I mean, goodness, you know, even being where they are is quite impressive considering that they lost eight in a row in November and 10 of 12, but there's something about this team that they can rebound, they can put together win streaks as fast as they get off of a losing streak, they can beat really good teams on the road and at home. Uh, They've had some impressive wins this year, I mean, really, really impressive wins um, against great teams, you know, the at Boston game was amazing. They beat the Capitals on the road, you know, going to Vegas, beating Edmonton. I mean, all, all those wins were absolutely spectacular. And, 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 and with all the hockey out of the way, we get to the one important thing in closing this interview with you, Dan. I know how much you love dogs. Uh, you're a doggy dad to rescues. Um, I know you, you, you've had, a, I believe, multiple ones through the years, and, and a Husky who uh, unfortunately had passed, and he crossed the Rainbow Bridge. You got a nice uh, cover photo there with, with a dog, and, and he's a profile picture taking a shoe because that's what dogs do. Um, what, what is it about dogs that warms your heart, man? Oh, my God. Uh, you know, there's even a song that Slash and Miles Kennedy put out with their uh, last album, uh, number four for that group, uh, Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. Um, called Fill My World. If you're a dog fan, listen to that song. Uh, Next time, before you go out the door, and you're probably going to get a little choked up because it's Miles singing about his dog, and every time he goes on the road, they take their dog a lot, actually, on those shows. But it's just the thoughts of a dog every time that they're they're human, their partner, their, you know, their kind of human, their pack leader goes out the door, and it just kind of tugs at you a little bit. For me, it's just... And I've had dogs, uh, you know, growing up as a kid as well. They've always been part of my life. Um, when I went out on my own at the age of, you know, in my early 20s after college, um, I rescued a Husky after reading about the story in a newspaper when I worked at a radio station up in Orangeville, Ontario, which is north of Toronto by about an hour. And there were 40 puppies that were at a puppy mill, and they were abused. And this sounds horrible to say, but I think people need to know about this. Some puppy mills, for example, like the one my husky was in, there were 40 of them, and they weren't being fed. They were kept in a big box, and they actually would eat the dead puppies just to survive. Like the litter would be eating the litter to survive because this guy was abusing them and not feeding them. So they were going to die unless they they became their inner wolf and and survived. Uh, So it's such a horrible story, but the beauty of it was all 40 of them um, that were talked about at the time of the story 
Uh, some of them obviously didn't make it, but those that did, every single one of them got adopted out. So I got the last Husky. Oh, so I thought, I thought, boy, is this the right thing for me to do, being a single guy in my early 20s, getting out of college, starting a radio career, who knows where it's going to end up. And I read this story and I thought, no, this is calling out to me. I need, you know, th- this is more than me. I, I need to show up and I need... So I called the guy. I said, look, I'll take... We've got, we got um, one left. He's all yours. I said, well, then... I mean, that's right there. That's fate, right? You, sure. you call up and there's, there's one left. Um, so he wouldn't come to me. He was in the corner. Um, and I was told he wouldn't come to any males because it was a male that was abusing them in the puppy mill. So he went to the girl I was dating at the time. He went to her. And then as soon as he went to her, he came over to me. And from that moment, he never left my side. And for those who have huskies, they will know um, that this is unheard of. But he and I would go for walks up in the uh, conservation areas and I would not put him on a leash and everyone who's had a Husky since has told me that dog should have been gone. I mean, Huskies will just run and you will not see them. And I would just tell people on our walks, I said, I'm telling you right now, he's not leaving like two feet in front of me. So he'd run two, three feet in front of me. He'd peek down a hill. He'd look back at me and then he would continue on his way. So there was that connection that I just thought, this is marvelous. There's something about this. It's just full of love. It's full of trust. It's full of uh, just knowing that I'm going to be there and he's going to be there for me. And then um, when he passed away, that was a hard one. So it took over a decade before I took the plunge again. And that's when Brenda and I picked up Bandit from uh, a Buffalo Sabres event at the SPCA here in Buffalo. And uh, so I have tattoos of, of my first Husky and I have a tattoo of uh, Bandit on the other shoulder, one on either shoulder. Um, never thought I'd have a tattoo in my life, but I got the boys riding along with me here. And we have a little uh, beagle rescue named Timmy as well. And he's a laboratory rescue uh, that my wife rescued. And uh, he was caged up for three years. And uh, There was a group that helped get him out and uh, got him into our hands before he was put down or anything like that. So, yeah, they're pretty special. They're both sleeping in front of me right now here <laughs> on a pretty cold day. They don't want to go outside for more than five seconds. So um, I'm just staying home looking out for them today and talking to you. Well, the, that's amazing. And uh, I applaud you and uh, everybody around you for, for rescuing those pups. And uh, they, they, give us, uh, they give us some great moments and unconditional love that you just cannot replace. There's no doubt about that. He is the play-by-play man for the Buffalo Sabres, does an amazing job. MSG Networks, WGR 550 on Twitter. Go give him a follow at Dan underscore Dunleavy. Dan, I can't thank you enough. I love listening and watching to, uh, you every single Sabre game. Can't wait till the boys are back, and uh, hopefully the Swords can make a run at the playoffs and truly keep up the great work because uh, you are one of the best in the business. Thank you so much. Well, I appreciate it so much. And just real quickly, too, I know there's always people that are going to uh, wish that RJ was at the mic, and we all wish that you know everyone could have a – a good 80-year run, 51 years of a magnificent career. I'm honored that he allowed me to share the booth with him, and uh, I'm certainly honored that the Sabres have felt that uh, um, that I'd be able to step in and continue a job that Ted Darling and he, um, you know, really kind of made a home for everybody or made a place in their homes for everybody here in Buffalo. So uh, it might take some work for others to convince, but it's it's been nice feedback, including yours. And um, I certainly tell everybody, well, the team has a lot to do with it because when the team is winning, um, you know, I think a lot of people can just be on board with 
uh, a bit of the soundtrack that's going on there. So they're making it easy right now because they're making it fun. Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day every day you can count on burn dairy and deli it's all good thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube